Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching, worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit LifeWay.com slash Feast to learn more. This is the Mark Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heinemann and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Has God called you to lead? Whether you've been a leader for years and are looking for new strategies, tools, and encouragement, or you want to explore your call to leadership, Lifeway Women offers training events that equip you to carry out your mission. We offer one-day and three-day leadership training in a variety of cities throughout the U.S. and online. We'd love to have you join us this year. Learn more at lifeway.com forward slash women's events. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Heinemann and I am here with my co-host Kelly King. Hey Kelly. Hey Elizabeth. It's great to be back again this week. I know and we are super excited because this week we have one of our very own uh, Becky Lloyd. Yes. Hey Hey, guys. Hi. Glad to be here. Becky, um, you are familiar with the Mark podcast, but we don't ha- we don't introduce people. We let you introduce yourself. So tell us about you and your current role at Lifeway. And then as a bonus, what led you here? Okay, well, let's I guess I'll just go ahead and get started. Talking about yeah. myself is not something I, I like to do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But so here we go. So I am Becky Lloyd. Um, I've been at Lifeway for 20 years. I can't believe uh, it's been 20 wow. years. Um, and I came to Nashville in 2001, right after I got my master's in business at LSU and a degree. I got a degree in marketing there. And um, my dad was working at Lifeway as a consultant for small churches uh, that were doing music. And when I moved to Nashville, I just started looking for a job, and because he was working there, I started applying for jobs, and um, I started working in 2001 on the Lifeway Kids team. I was a Sunday school curriculum copy editor, uh, and after about a year of doing that, I really enjoyed it. It was a great first job, but after about a year, uh, my dad actually went on a trip with one of the vice presidents and told them that I had a master's in business, and um, they had a marketing opening, and so that VP said, I I need you to apply for this, 
And so after about a year being in an editorial role, I ended up moving into a marketing role um, and uh, spent the first 10 years of my career at Lifeway working on kids ministry. Um, I loved that work. I loved working on vacation Bible school. I did a lot of work um, on our vacation Bible school business. And then in 2011, I moved to our Lifeway women team. We've been different kind of, we've been organized differently throughout the year, throughout the time, but I've really been focused um, on women really since 2011, led a marketing team there. And now I serve as the director of Lifeway Women. Um, so we oversee all the, I oversee all the work that Lifeway Women does, which includes our training that Kelly does such a great job of. It includes our Bible studies. It includes our events. Um, it includes the magazines that we produce and um, some, some new things on the horizon that Elizabeth focuses on. So I really do get to spend my days here at Lifeway helping our team get work done. Um, I do a lot of advocating for our team to make sure that we have uh, the resources we need to do what we need to do to minister to women. And um, we really are doing our best to focus on churches and help them do ministry to women um, in a way that really does meet women's needs. So that is me. Um, yeah. Did I miss anything? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, something I thought of was you took on this role like January of 2020. And so right. listeners, <laughs> just remember where you were in January of 2020 and what happened in two months. And so <laughs> we were all blissfully unaware. That is where we were. Yes, <laughs> I actually I actually did think of that when I thought about when I when I was thinking about this. It's not something you really are like, I've been the leader through it global pan pandemic. That's not something that you ever strive to do or, you know, want to put on your resume. Um, but yeah, it's been really interesting. Um, again, as I was preparing for this, I thought, how different would it be had we been like in the office for two years? I've, I've literally led this team yeah. and we have had very little FaceTime. And um, that is not an easy, it's not an easy thing, but we have a really, really incredible team. And so God's been good to let us really accomplish some fun things in the last couple of years of the pandemic. So, and you kind yeah. of are a behind the scenes person in some, like you, you prefer that, but I just don't think people realize what you oversee. I mean, you just kind of glossed over, Hey, we kind of do all these things, but it is, <laughs> It is such a, a huge part of who we are at Lifeway. So if you had to pick a favorite kind of part <laughs> of the role, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, Elizabeth and I would probably fall into that. Like, you know, but yeah, yeah. Is something that you just love about what you're doing right now. Well, actually, yes, I do love our team. I, I love our team. I love the I get so much energy from um, from the the time that we spend together. And that's interesting because I'm an introvert. Uh, I'm very much a behind the scenes person. Uh, but I do get energy from the from the meetings that we have, even Zoom meetings, uh, where we're thinking about new things. Um, we just ha we have an incredible team with so many diverse skills. And um, I, I really do think God has wired me to be a starter of things. Like I'm, I'm a much better starter than I am a finisher of things. Um, and this is a role where I actually get to 
really work on, you know, what what is next and what do we need to start and then get incorporated into our daily work so that we can uh, continue to resource women. So um, if you ask me my favorite thing about the role, I really do think it's the team, but it's also just being able to be creative and um, being able to think about new ways to minister to women. So, yeah. And I think you do that very well, and you are very creative. A lot of you may not know, but Becky is like our title person. If we're stuck (laughs) on like titling a Bible study or an event or something, we're always like, Becky, what do you think this should be called? And she just is like, this is what it is. And we're all like, yes, that's the perfect title. So um, we love getting to work (laughs) with you. And uh, we see that creativity all the time for sure. And just kind of a little side note, I mean, people who are familiar with the Gospel Project, you were kind of the person who came up with that, right? Yes, that's my that's my library legend right there. We've been <laughs> spending hours talking about what the what the title should be, and we're presenting it to 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 a team. And I walked in, I said, I think the title should be the Gospel Project, and that's what it ended up being. So, I'll. I'll you you ask you're going to ask me something later because you've given me the the ahead of time questions about my favorite book leadership book and I'll tell you a little bit more about that so remind me so okay okay so we wanted to ask um, you're a leader and you're um, in a lot of leadership meetings and you've talked you know you said your your dad came to Lifeway before you mm-hmm. and a fun thing is your sister is at Lifeway yes. as well and so it's like a very Lloyd centric uh, <laughs> place of work which we love oh. but um, what is the best advice that you've ever received whether it's for work or for your spiritual life or just personal life what is some of the best advice you've received you know as I was thinking about this I realized I don't I don't get a lot of like people telling me, here's some advice for you. You should do this, this or this. But what, what really has happened over the years for me is people have modeled advice for Mm -hmm. me and that sticks with me so much more. So, you know, from my parents, from my mom and my dad, um, they really have, they really taught me, you know, how important it is to be involved in church and to not only be involved, but just to be consistent consistency and dependence on the Lord is really something that they modeled for me. And, um, you know, if you were to distill that into advice, it's be consistent and depend on the Lord. You know, those are, those are a couple of things, you know, I think of some mentors I've had, um, throughout the years, you know, I had one, I had one mentor who, um, when she wanted to get something done, she picked up the phone and started calling people. And so she never told me in order to get something done, just pick up the phone and start calling people. She modeled it for me, which really stuck in my mind. It helped me to know, you know, there are some things that can wait and need a little bit of time to, to simmer and work just kind of has to work just kind of go in its own pace. But there are some times when you need something and you got to have it done quickly um, and she really taught me how to do that by picking up the phone and calling the right people. Um, you know, I had another mentor who really uh, just taught me by the way she uh, the way she treated people that um, people remember how they feel when they're with you more than what you say to them. And so um, those are some of the just the the snippets of advice that nobody's ever told me specifically, but they really did model for me uh, throughout my life. Um, And I'm really grateful for that. 
So yeah. when you said that, I mean, it, it really did just, it kind of reminded me, I remember, this has probably been 25 years ago, I was in a meeting at church and a, a businessman who was on this kind of campaign with me, he, um, we were talking about raising money for a specific project at church and da, 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 da. And you're right. Like I, I remember him, like there was a lot of talk, but he just like picked up the phone and he, he made the phone calls that he like right then. And I was just like, Oh wow. Like we're doing this, like this is happening. <laughs> and, and it was kind of that moment of, okay, like, you, you do you when you see someone lead and you kind of watch them it really does kind of impact your own leadership doesn't it for for sure you know and in that case there are times that you you're never a passive leader but there are times when you really have to be an act like you have to be very active to make sure that that the work is getting done that really is going to move you forward. And, you know, part of the art of leadership is figuring out what are those things that are going to move us forward and what are the things that, you know, maybe it's not quite time uh, for us to work so hard on that because it's not time for it to move us forward yet. Um, So, yeah. 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 Kelly, I'm interested in your answer to that question as well. Oh, about as someone advice. who works in the leadership space, I know I'm putting you on the spot. You are putting me on but is the best advice I've ever It doesn't have to be like the best ever, but what is some good advice that you've received over the years? Like there, I, I think what Becky said about just watching other people lead and like seeing the model leadership really does, like that's kind of the advice you, you are, that kind of helps shape your own leadership. Um, mm-hmm. And I think of a guy right now that's pastoring a church who he was, he was the first guy who ever hired me on a church staff and I did not want to take the job. And, but I learned so, I mean, when I said yes to him, I was saying yes to the Lord, but um, he modeled for me the way he entered, like what Becky said about people mm-hmm. and, and just the way that he interacted. And he was always, he was always interested in people. Like he was, he always was concerned about them and they, he endeared himself to people. And, and I just remember even when he would mess up or even when he would do something that like somebody made somebody mad, it it didn't matter because he loved them so much. And I just remember thinking love covers a multitude of sins. Like I just love the people, love them. And, um, man, that's probably the best advice, you know, that I saw modeled for me. Yeah. Yeah. There are lots of hard decisions that sometimes come with being a leader, but you're so right. Uh, Love does cover a multitude of sins because there are ways to, to make those decisions that you know are going to be hard, but also to love the people that are impacted through the process. Um, And I definitely have learned that by watching uh, women who've gone before me do that so well. Yeah. What about some hard lessons like Becky, like when you think about things that you learned the hard way or things that kind of didn't happen the way you thought they were going to, what, what have you learned about that? Yeah, I've learned, uh, I've learned a lot. Um, My mouth gets me into trouble, even though I'm an (laughs) introvert, you know, sometimes I I can get going. And um, so a lot of my leadership lessons really have been about, you know, when to speak and when to keep my mouth shut. Um, I've said a lot of things over the years, not, not necessarily that were, that were mean or disrespectful, but that maybe came across differently than I intended for them to. Um, 
And so I I have learned through those experiences, especially when I was um, when I was in my, you know, I was in my late 20s trying to lead um, that I have got to think about the other person's point of view when I'm speaking. So I might have a question about how something is going on, but I have to figure out how to find an answer to that without questioning or um, being disrespectful to the person that I'm asking. Um, because your words really can be misconstrued based on the the place where that person that you're talking to is going to be. Um, you know, it's I've even learned it uh, through just even the way people communicate with me. I mean, I can remember a couple of times where I misread an email. I missed a word in an email and I was worried or like I spent the night sleepless because I had misread something and I had just um, put a word in there or assumed something based on a prior, it could have been based on um, a prior conversation. But when I went back and read it, the intent, like it wasn't, what I was worried about was not in the email. And so really above all, you know, given the benefit of the doubt to people is really as I've been through lots of, um, you know, challenges relationally, uh, I have learned to give the benefit of the doubt to people and to not just, you know, make assumptions and to really think about where people are when you're communicating, yeah. especially when you're communicating things that are hard, um, really is helpful. Becky, I think you said some important things there just about, you know, what we learn. And you also, in your position, as someone who who reports to you, one of the things that I have to remember is that you may have information about a particular issue or whatever that I don't have. And you may not even be able to share that with me, but I have to trust you in that. And so building that trust, even in, you know, are your leadership and learning things the hard way. I, I, I know that my mouth gets me in trouble too, but, but just knowing that your leaders sometimes have that extra information yeah for for sure that's that is for sure something that is that is reality probably for a lot of uh women who work that their their managers know know more about what's going on than they than they do not because not because they're trying to keep information but there there are some things that you have to hold close to the vest until it's time to share for sure yeah for sure Definitely. So one of the things that we hear from every, or one, some of the people that we hear from every so often are young women who are wanting to be in leadership roles, um, whether that is at work or in their church or um, just in their family, they want to lead their family well or at school. So what is maybe some advice that you would give women who are not currently in leadership, but want to be leaders? How would you um, help them to prepare themselves for future roles? Or what advice would you give them as they wait to be leaders? Well, you know, I would say that um, there are always opportunities to lead no matter no matter where you are. So, you know, if you are a if you are a mom, then you're leading your children, you're leading um, their their growth and development. Um, if you, even if you're a single woman, I'm a single woman, you know, I had the opportunity to lead in kids ministry by leading a Sunday school class or um, 
in your work, there are there are always opportunities uh, to show and and really work on your leadership skills. There, if you see something that needs to be done, there is no reason you couldn't tell your manager. I see that this needs to be done. This is a project that I would like to take on, and uh, nine times out of ten, they're going to be like, yes. Thank you for seeing that. And yes, I would love for you to take on that project. You know, that shows your initiative. It shows um, that you're willing to to manage something and do a little bit beyond maybe what you've been assigned. Both of those things are are, are good signs that you're that you're ready to to take on more. Um, and another thing that I would share is, you know, don't be afraid to share ideas. I actually remember, I remember my first week um, being on the marketing team when I was, I mean, I must have been 23 years old um, when I started working on the marketing team, maybe, maybe 24, I don't exactly remember, but there were a lot of people around me who had more experience than me. They were all probably five to 10 years older than me. And I kept my mouth shut because I was like, who am I to share ideas with these people? But as I look back, some of the ideas I had, if I had shared them at that time, maybe it would have moved us forward. Not because my ideas were so great, but because maybe my idea would have helped uh, spur on another idea from somebody else in the room. So, you know, that's what I would say. You don't be intimidated by the people around you, but but speak your ideas. Um, And another thing that maybe is a little hard is don't force it. Um, You, you earn leadership credibility for, for being consistent. You earn leadership credibility for doing what you say you're going to do. And if you do that for long enough, people are going to notice and they're going to start coming to you and you, you become a leader well before you ever get any kind of leadership role in, in an organization. Um, so yeah. you just develop those skills. Um, and again, consistency is, is really one of the key ones in, in doing what you're, what you say you're going to do. And one thing that I would love for you to speak to, to as well is to the leaders, um, who are leading these young women who want to, to be leaders. Cause that's one thing that I feel like you do really well is listen to everyone's ideas, um, and put responsibilities on people that may or may not feel that they're ready for them. Um, but you know that they are, and you're watching for those. Um, I remember I went on a, on a like leadership retreat when I was first at Lifeway and my opinion was encouraged. And that is how we got the Mark podcast. Um, because I said, I think we need a podcast. And so, um, that this is the fruit of one of those ideas that I just had and was encouraged to speak up about. And so what are some tips or maybe some, some things that leaders can look for in those that serve with them, um, that they can help encourage? How can they help encourage those? I guess is my question. Yeah. Uh, this goes back to one of the questions you answered, you asked me earlier, which this is, this was done to me. I was, I was forced into leadership before I, before I even <laughs> knew that I, that I was a leader, you know? Um, so, but, but as that was done to me, I have done my best to do for others. So, you know, some of those things are identify opportunities, you know, for, for the women who work for you or work with you to develop their presentation skills, give them projects to lead. Um, 
I've I've learned that <clears throat> I can walk if I walk alongside someone and doing a project one time, many times I never have to do that again because that person they they have they had me with them to help them through the first time and we've kind of worked out all the kinks and so now they're they're ready and able to go and do it on their own um so don't be afraid to just step alongside and say hey we're going to do this together and then after we've done it then I'm going to let you go on your own um I know it's it's intimidating um sometimes for uh, a young leader who maybe doesn't have the relationships that your that your leader your manager does or they don't know all the processes but by by walking alongside um by walking alongside a leader that's younger than you and just kind of helping them uh get through the brick walls that they that they're going to encounter it really does um it really does help them to become a better leader in the future Mm -hmm. and anytime you raise the 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 leadership equity of someone on your team, you're really, you're really raising your whole team's leadership equity because uh, they become trusted. They become uh, people who are known for doing what they say they're going to do. And um, it it just helps with your, again, that leadership equity that uh, really makes a difference in, in how you uh, get your work done. So. I liked what you said because I feel like a lot of times leaders, women, um, in general, this is very much a genera- generality, but we can sometimes be competitive with each other. And so when we think about if we're in a position of leadership and we're maybe afraid to raise up leaders uh, with us because we're afraid that they'll be seen as, you know, leaders instead of us or something like that. And so I like that you said that it raises the whole team's leadership equity when one person is thriving. And I think um, – that's what we need to strive toward is helping everybody to use their giftings and their talents um, to, you know, to raise all of our uh, giftings. Absolutely. And so we work together better than we work apart. And so I think that's helpful to remember. I will say something else that I have learned. This is a leadership lesson I've learned <laughs> is that not um, not everybody accomplishes the same end in the same way. So. Right. Just because they're not doing it the way you would do it does not mean they're doing it wrong. And that's sometimes a hard thing for a manager because they've gotten to a certain place by doing something a certain way. But just mm-hmm. because the person who is now doing that job is not doing it the same way, that doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong. As long as they are accomplishing that outcome, then you know I want to encourage creativity and encourage finding efficiencies and uh, ways to ways to make things better. Um, so that's just a, a little nugget. Yeah. And just because someone is questioning the methods or the way that it's always been done does not mean that they're questioning the people that have always done it that way. Absolutely. I feel like that's something that we also have to keep in mind yeah. because when someone comes in and hasn't seen it done this way before and they just ask, why is it done this way? <laughs> um, a lot of times we can get defensive and be like, well, that's because of this, this, and this. And it's just us trying to make make things better and more efficient and sometimes we have blinders on where we've always done something a certain way and that's why the wisdom of that's you know elizabeth you talked about the idea the the marked podcast idea at a leadership meeting that's why the ideas of everyone are important you know Mm -hmm. obviously we can't do everyone's idea but getting that that input to where 
You've got ideas from all generations, people from all backgrounds, you know, as diverse as you can possibly make it really does help the whole idea, idea generation uh, process better. And then um, as leaders, we, we distill those to figure out, okay, what's really going to move us forward um, in the ministry and really help women the most. Yeah. I love, I love that. that you said too, Becky, when you said, you know, you can be a leader before you get a leadership role. Absolutely. And I think for younger women, I think that's a great, like, that's great advice to be like, you can still find places to lead, even if your title doesn't maybe reflect that because you want, I mean, other people are going to see you leading. Yeah. Uh, I'm so grateful for um, women who gave me a chance and men who gave me a chance to lead. And even if I didn't do it right, you know, they supported me or encouraged me and just kind of guided me and said, okay, well, maybe next time, you know, do it this way a little bit or try, you know, try this. And that's how we develop leaders is you've just got to give people opportunities to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So when you came to Lifeway, you're pretty young. If you had to go back, let's just go back to 22. I I think about 2022 and I'm like, we can't help but sing Taylor Swift. (laughs) If you could tell your 22 year old self one thing, what would it be? So this is going to sound uber spiritual and it's not intended to, but but it is reality. That's okay. This is a Lifeway Women podcast. We like spiritual. We do like spiritual things. I like spiritual things. I love spiritual things. So I really would tell my 22-year-old self the same thing I'm telling my 47-year-old self, which is you're not doing any of this on your own strength and skill. Mm -hmm. This is all a gift from God. And really what you need to do, Becky, is you need to work to work to get to know the heart of God better. You know, I wasn't, um, I, I was, I grew up in Sunday school. I studied the Bible. I did Bible studies, but it was, I did not read the Bible from cover to cover until I was 45 years old. And I wish that I had done that earlier in my life. I just, I don't know if I got distracted. I never really made it a priority. Um, but I just, I wish that I had focused on my own spiritual development earlier in my life, especially when it came to just reading, just reading through the Bible. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I would say is, you know, the investments that you make in your spiritual development really are the things that pay off for years and years because you're not doing this on your own. I couldn't do this job on my own. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it on my own. And um, so that, that's really what I would tell my 22 year old self, the more you depend on the Lord, you know, the better, the better things are going to turn out for you. That's a good thing for a 42 year old or a 62 year old to tell them. <laughs> yes. Thing, for yes. sure. Yes. Yep. For Definitely. sure. All right. We want to ask about your favorite leadership books. Yeah. And you, you said that you had an answer ready to go. Well, I, I don't, th- this is the thing. I don't read a lot of <laughs> leadership books, which probably I shouldn't you know, say on a podcast, but I do read a lot more articles. Um, I read, I read articles from Harvard Business Review. Um, Inc. is an entrepreneurial magazine. I read a lot of articles from them, um, but I did have a story about um, a book that I read. This is one I read years and years ago, obviously before the Gospel Project. It's called <laughs> The Accidental Creative, which is, um, it, it really talks, this may not, 
This may not even be what the book's about, but this is what I gathered from the book. It talks about creativity and how creativity really is a system of inputs. You're inputting stuff all the time. And creativity is definitely not linear. Um, It's something that is very scattered. But if you keep putting inputs in, um, eventually at the right time, things, uh, things come out creatively. And so... The guy I had just read the accidental creative uh, when I walked into that meeting for the gospel project, and I had just been I had been researching. Um, I had actually been researching titling for our vacation Bible school theme, and mm-hmm. um, I had come up with some ideas that had the word project in them. So as I had been, we, and we didn't end up going with that, but I had done kind of done some work. And then when I walked into the room and they had done this, I said, well, what about the gospel project? I was pulling on work that I had done for another project, but it ended up being work that was not wasted because it was used um, in the naming of the new thing. So that's part of what that, what that accidental creative book um, taught me. Um, yeah. Another go-to for me for leadership is Michael Hyatt. Uh, he wrote a book. He's written many books. He wrote a book called The Vision Driven Leader, which I took our team through last year. Um, and I'm able to get some training from him. He's actually in the same, or he was in the same field of publishing, Christian publishing that that our team is. Right. So it's really helpful uh, to hear from somebody who's in that same field. Um, so, those are a couple. We always tell women who want to get published that he has some great resources. So um, just thought I would say that here again yeah. <laughs> for yeah, all those women. Sure. But yes, um, I like that about the accidental creative. Yeah. Is that I got that title right? Yeah, it's the accidental yeah. creative. Okay. I think Todd Henry is the author and it's probably okay. 15 yeah. years old. As someone who loves a lot of input, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, no input is oh, wasted. Yeah. So yes. Yes. I okay. actually did a, a seminar at our U Lead events on creativity. Mm-hmm. And it is always uh-huh. like, it's, it's actually one of my favorite things to teach, but it's also kind of like people love to do that particular session because mm-hmm. it just, it's something about just the input and just thinking through how to work collaboratively. They just, they love that. Yeah, so all the all the Pinterest boards that you that you spend time looking at, it's not wasted because it's so. it's creative inputs, right? Right. Exactly. Okay, there's some okay. new things coming. Okay, Elizabeth, are you gonna go for the next one? No, you go for it. <laughs> okay, either one of us. We know there's some fun things coming up in the future for LIFO women. What excites you about the future of LIFO women? Well, there are lots of things that I'm excited about. Um, so many things. I'll start by saying I'm excited about the work that we're doing as we just really help uh, our Bible study videos get into the hands of more women. Um, If you had tried to, even even now for some of our videos, if you try to watch them on your phone, which a a lot of video gets watched on phones right now, it would be almost impossible for you to do. But in the last couple of years, our technology team has done a ton of work and we're working on transitioning to where all of our Bible study videos, you know, eventually will be able to be watched through a mobile device or a smart TV app, which will make just accessing and watching them so much easier. Um, 
I'm also really excited about um, some work we're doing on um, our devotional magazine journey. We're working on a redesign and um, adding some new things to it. Um, We're working on that this year. So very excited about that. And then um, we are working on a project that's going to help launch training courses to help women know how to study the Bible on their own. And I'm real excited about that too. So those are just three kind of major things that our team is working on um, that I'm really, really excited about. Yeah. I like having you answer that question because you know what is not a secret and what is a secret. (laughs) So um, just a secret, a momentary secret, I guess I should say, because we're excited to let everyone know all about all the things, but some of it has to remain under wraps for a little while. But um, we are very excited about those things for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know, this is the Mark podcast. Yeah. And so the question that we always ask is what is one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ? Well, um, I'm going to try to stay. I'm going to try not to get upset. That sounds bad. I'm going to try not to cry answering this question, but it really has been my family that has, uh, marked me more than anything in my walk with Christ. Um, mm-hmm. so my, my dad passed away about six months ago. So that's why that's what makes this really tender to me. Um, Mm. But um, so I'm the daughter of a minister. He was a minister of music in Southern Baptist churches for a long, long time, all my growing up, and then came to Lifeway and and taught um, taught ministers of music how to how to do their job. Um, But watching him and my mom just serve the church and serve God through serving the church really marked me more than anything else in my life. Um, Because our, I mean, I I grew up eating, sleeping and, you know, church, church was always there. When I wasn't at home, I was at church. Um, And it was so interesting as we celebrated the ministry of his life with his uh, memorial service and just all the things that come around. There were people coming from everywhere talking about how um, really my dad had impacted them when he was a teenager, when they were teenagers and he was Mm -hmm. a minister, um, whether he was a minister of music or a minister of youth. Um, There are people that he led to the Lord who they came and said, you know, you led me to the Lord during this time, or you helped me discover, he helped me discover, um, you know, what, what, how I could serve. And this is my vocation now, you know, there's so many stories of how just in his ministry, he impacted uh, just all of the people that, that were just part of our church. And so um, I think, Obviously, he impacted me because he was my dad as well, and my, and my mom. Both of them are just, were just have been so faithful um, to the Lord, and so yeah, that my family and and my dad are really uh, what has impacted me the most in my life, and really why my why my life looks like a life of service. Even as he was in the hospital, he was telling us, you know, your life if you don't spend it for Christ, it it does. What you spend, the life you spend in service to Christ is what counts. Um, Mm -hmm. So even as he was dying, he was encouraging service and um, 
serving the church and serving the Lord and doing kingdom work. So, yeah. yeah. That's such an encouragement to our listeners too, because I think we probably have a lot of listeners who, who think, what difference am I making? Um, maybe mm-hmm. I'm in a smaller church or maybe I'm in a smaller community and the way that you impact your family and the people that God places, you know, in your church family, um, what an impact that we all can have, that God gives each of us that opportunity to do that. Yeah. 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 Well, Becky, thank you so much for, number one, being a great leader to our team. And we're so thankful for you. And Mm -hmm. um, I just, you know, I hope our listeners understand that uh, everything that comes out of LifeWay Women, you have... You have a touch on, on that, and uh, mm-hmm. they, they probably may not know your face or your name, but you definitely impacted the work that we do. And I we're, I know Elizabeth and I are both very grateful for that. Yes, well, definitely. I'm so glad. I'm so glad and honored that God allows me to do this. And um, I'm going to do it as long as he lets me do it. So <laughs> and it is um, it is an honor to to get to do this. Um, yeah. Thanks. Well, listeners, thanks again for joining us this week. And we hope that you'll join us next week as well. See you then. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find LifeWay Women on all social media channels at LifeWay Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for Teen Girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.